The scripture reading this morning is Proverbs chapter 2. Moral Benefits of Wisdom. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk, whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. It will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain life's path, paths of life Thus you will walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. And thank you, Lorinda, for reading. Open your Bibles, if you would, or a pew Bible to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. We're in our second week of our summer series in the book of Proverbs, looking at this master class in life, the book of Proverbs. We all need an older, wiser person in life. Someone like an Aunt Marjorie, maybe. Someone like Phyllis telling you to pay attention to your chest pains. How many of you remember being a teenager or in your early 20s and hearing your mom or dad or perhaps your grand, one of your grandparents giving you advice for what to do or what not to do? Change your oil in the car or work hard or always tell the truth. Maybe it was as simple as, don't make the same stupid mistakes that I made. How many of you had words like that from a parent or a, you know, a authority figure? And how many of you have listened to those words and followed them? Most of us now are telling our kids, don't make the same mistakes I made. We all need an older and wiser voice guiding us on the right paths. 
the older I get, the older my kids get, I, I see things from the father's perspective, and I see their need for wisdom, and I, I yearn for them to not, um, to, to not go astray and to stay on the right path. Proverbs chapter 2 is a wise father speaking to his son, urging him to, to find the path of life, urging him, imploring him. And Proverbs 2 through 4 are actually peppered with language about a road and a path and a course and a way and walking, all images that describe life. Life is a path. Life is a road. Because we are all going somewhere. It, not so much like your career path or your, you know, where you decide to live. That's important too, but this is talking about who you become, who you are turning into is where you are going. Your character is your destiny, according to the book of Proverbs. And so here we find wisdom for staying on the path of life. The paths that we walk on are, are the inward things, the habits we form, the attitudes we settle into the mindsets, the behaviors we learn, the things that shape our direction. And in uh, Proverbs chapter 2, there's actually three different words translated path or way or course. One is the word, the Hebrew word simply for path, like a footpath you would take through the woods. One is the word road. And the third one is the word like for a wagon rut, a wagon track. The roads you walk, the paths you take, the ruts you get into take you somewhere. We're all going somewhere. And we need that wiser voice telling us how to make it because, let's be honest, it's hard. There are many wrong paths to take. There are even, um, there are evil forces actively luring us off the good path. Life's a journey, so enjoy the ride. That's what the world says. But the Bible says life is a journey. Do everything you can to find the right path. And speaking to you today, you know, Proverbs would call this wisdom, and we call it following Jesus. Jesus is wisdom embodied, He is an expert guide. Let's look at the, the end of chapter 2, says in verse 20, Thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep the paths of righteousness. So at the end of the passage, he's saying, that's how you stay on the path. So let's go back now and listen to this father telling his son how to stay on the path. And if I could speak to you, as a spiritual father of sorts, my message today is this. You will never regret taking a step toward Jesus. You will never regret taking a single step toward Jesus. Whether you are young and looking ahead in life or older looking back on most of your life, you will never regret taking a step toward Jesus on that path. So let's look. Verses 1 through 4. My son, 
If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for hidden as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. It takes effort, doesn't it? These, look at this pile of action words in this passage. Store up, turn your ear, apply your heart, call out, cry aloud, look, search. This is this is active, intentional um, effort. All these, what these words have in common is things you do when you are seeking something important or precious. Look at that first, second phrase, store up. When you have something valuable, whether it's fabric or antique tools or family photos or dog figurines, what do you do? You store them up in a safe place. You collect them. And here it's saying, store up wisdom in your heart. It's that valuable. And how do you do that? Verse 2, by paying attention. Turn your ear, apply your heart to understanding. He even says, call aloud and cry out for it. What do you do when your child is lost in a crowd and the only thing you can think about is finding them? You call out their name. You cry aloud. You raise your voice. That's how earnest we must be in seeking the wisdom of Jesus. And I love this last image. If you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. In 1988 a wealthy art dealer named Forrest Fenn was diagnosed with a terminal illness and he decided to have a little fun giving away part of his fortune. He created a public treasure hunt. He took about $2 million worth of um, gold and jewels and um, artifacts and he put them in a small bronze box and he hid them somewhere in the Rocky Mountains north of Santa Fe. And then he wrote a book that was published in 2010, and the book contained clues to where this treasure would be. So by doing this, he opened the floodgates, and thousands of treasure hunters came to the Rocky Mountains searching for this $2 million treasure. Sadly, five people died while searching for this treasure. Many had to be rescued off of mountain faces or stuck in rivers. But last year, a young man from Michigan named Jack, uh, uh, um, Jack Stoof found this treasure. He found it. And then Forrest Fenn died in September of last year. We need to be treasure hunters not for gold, not for stuff, for wisdom, for truth, for God's wisdom. And here's the bottom line, friends, in, this, in verses 1 through 4. Growing in wisdom 
a.k.a. following Jesus, does not happen by accident. It's not something that will just happen to you as you sit back and receive it. It takes intention, decision to step forward and then take another step and another step toward Jesus. Does that sound like we're earning our salvation? No. That's simply the reality. If you want a glass of water, you need to fill it up with water and drink it, right? If you want to, to find the path of life, you must pursue Jesus. That's the way it works. So in New Testament terms, do everything you can to learn to follow Jesus. He is the ultimate treasure we seek. And as we read these words, a caution for all of us, don't be like the 18-year-old kid talking to his dad and saying, yeah, yeah, I understand, I get it, I'm good. You don't need to tell me all your advice. I got this, right? Search for wisdom. Listen to the words of your father. Here's one way to search for wisdom, to be a treasure hunter. If you haven't already, get into a habit of looking at the treasure map, of opening the Bible and reading what God says to you. Read it as if your life depends on it. Read it, read it as if it were a map to the treasure that your heart most desires. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's a guide to following Jesus. You will never regret those steps toward Jesus. And as you seek him, an amazing thing happens. Verses 5 through 11. He says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Okay, so verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Do you know what this is saying? When you seek wisdom, you will find it. Because God gives it. God gives it. Jesus said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. This is not a wild goose chase. This is not a, 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 you know, a small bronze box in the vast stretch of the Rocky Mountains. This is truth you are guaranteed to find if you seek. What a gift from God it is. You don't have to be some special, knowledgeable person. It's right here available for us. If you seek, you will find. Verses 7 and 8 tell us, in fact, that success is guaranteed. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. He will protect us on this way. I've seen this played out in my life and others. I've seen people who live their lives ignoring God's word, ignoring the things of God, and then wonder why their life is falling apart and cry out and complain, God, how could you let this happen to me? And then I've seen those who pursue the Lord and who find him and who have wisdom to get through life and who can make it through the same hardships that others can't. 
Look at verses 9 and 10. There's one more reason why you won't regret following Jesus. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Some scholars translate the word soul as appetite. Do you know what this is saying? The more, God's, the more that God's wisdom gets inside you, the more you'll have a taste for it. The bigger your appetite will be for the things of God. The more you seek Jesus, the sweeter he becomes to you. I'll tell you one way that I've seen that proven true for me. There was a time in my life years ago when I was not really seeking Jesus. I was kind of drifting through life and I was mired in a particular sin. Many sins, but a particular sin that I knew was wrong but I thought I just couldn't live without it. Now, at the same time, I, I knew that Jesus was the way and I took some faltering steps toward Him. And as I did, the taste of that sin soured in my mouth. And the more I followed Jesus and struggled with my sin and my, my sinful nature dug in its heels and said, no, I don't want to give this thing up. But Jesus led me on his way and gave me an appetite for what's good and soured that sin in my mouth. You see, how God changes us is that he actually gives us desire for what is good. Wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. You'll have a taste for it. And then it becomes its own reward. You begin to love the things of God and hate things that are not of Him. I have never regretted a step toward Jesus. I want to make this personal for all of us, but first I want to show you one more reward of following the way of wisdom, following Christ. That's His wisdom keeps you on the path. Let's look at verses Uh, 12 through 16, 12 through 15. First, uh, yeah. Wisdom will save you, verse 12. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked, and who are devious in their ways. You might think, I don't know anyone that bad. I don't know anyone like that. (laughs) Maybe you do. I don't know. We are presented every day with invitations to stray off the path, with whispers and, and hand signals from wickedness. The marketing team behind the ad that you watch that stokes up your covetousness. Or the, the TV show glorifying revenge and violence. Or the friend who says, just, you know, you can fudge this report because um, no one will ever know. 
Maybe the, the friend who says, just one more drink, come on. Or the person you, the old friend who brings out the worst in you of your old habits. We have invitations all the time to stray from the path into those crooked ways. And if we have wisdom inside us, we will see those wicked ways for what they are and not go down them. We'll have a light for our path. Second, the father talks about the adulterous woman in verse 16. This is someone we'll meet again in Proverbs. She is the representation of the ever-present lure of sexual immorality. The Bible has a lot to say about sexual immorality. Perhaps because it is uh, sinning in such a way um, that is close to our identity as a person. And because the sexual relationship is a picture of the gospel between God and his church. But here's, here's the deal. Sexual immorality is an ever-present temptation. It may be a woman flirting with you, or it may be a woman on the other side of the screen trying to seduce you. Women, it could be a person that you meet that catches your eye, or it could be an escape into a a romance novel where you can live out your fantasies. There is an ever-present pull of sexual immorality. But when wisdom is inside us, we have a taste for that. And we are saved from the path, the way of the wayward, the, the adulterous woman whose paths lead down to death. Verse 19, none who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Wisdom gives us the sense to avoid that way. The stakes are high. Listen to how it ends. Verses 21 and 22. For the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the unfaithful will be torn from it. This is Proverbs' way of talking about our eternal destiny. Those who have become righteous, upright, by following the right paths will be in Jesus' presence forever, secure and safe. And those who have become wicked by following wicked paths will have to be purged and rooted out from that place. There's no middle way. It's the path of life with Jesus or the path to death. So I want to make this personal for all of us. How can we do that? I invite you to take an honest look at the path you are on in life right now. And again, I'm not talking about your career path so much or your outward arrangements. I'm talking about your mindsets. I'm talking about your habits. I'm talking about your patterns of thought and feeling, the things you love. Those are the paths that you're on. Are you on any paths that are leading you away from Jesus? It might be the path of developing a a bitter or grumbling attitude. That's a path away from Jesus. 
It could be that you are on the path of worry. The path of worry will lead you away from Jesus. It could be that you're going down the path of sexual immorality. That will lead you away from Jesus. Maybe you've just slipped onto the path of least resistance, right? You're not really walking away from the Lord, but you're not really pursuing Him either. Well, in the end, that the path of least resistance is a slippery slope into death. Pray these words from Psalm 139. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me on the path everlasting. Friends, maybe there is a step that Jesus is asking you to take right now toward him. I don't know what that is, but maybe Jesus is saying, follow me, step toward me, and you feel like it's just too hard, it's too costly, or you'd lose too much. Have you ever regretted doing anything that Jesus asked you to do? Have you ever regretted following in his path? I don't think anyone could say that. Right? His ways are always good. They're not always easy, but they're always good. Some of you today might be feeling like this. But I have gone down the wrong path so long that I can't possibly find my way back. You know, this was written, Proverbs 2 is written as if to a young man just starting on his way in life. But I am, I've lived a lot. I have taken some wrong paths, some wrong turns, and not all of them, you know, I've made many choices, not all of them good. And you might think, I'm so far from God that I can't possibly disentangle all those paths I've been on. This bad habit or this sin is just a permanent part of me now. I cannot get out of this track. If you feel that way about your life in general or about even one part of your life, I have good news for you. The invitation to get on the right path is only one step away. It's only one step. A single step from where you are toward Jesus is how you get back on the right path. Isn't that amazing? You could have made a mess of your life, but Jesus says, turn around and take one step toward me and you will be on the right path. And Jesus will meet you and help you and lead you as your shepherd, and the church will be around you to help you. You will never regret taking a single step toward Jesus. Let's pray.